Hello, welcome to the I Love Being a Girl podcast with your host, Sharnissa Washington. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, good. Good. I'm so glad we're connected. Thank you so much. Technical difficulties, but we're awesome. Thank you. So very happy to have you. You have definitely been someone who I've been watching over the years, and I've just enjoyed who you are, your personality, your ministry. So welcome to the I Love Being a Girl podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It is a definitely a joy. Well, I want to start, I know from um, from what we watch, I want to introduce people um, from what we watch and what we hear, what I watch and what I hear on Instagram, but I want to introduce people, um, introduce you to people. You are Shante Atkins, correct? Yes. And I share that you are a singer, you are an intercessor. I know that. I know that over the years I've seen you be involved in ministries, which I'm totally a fan of ministries. Um, and I know that you come from a family that is heavily involved in ministry from your parents to your siblings. So everyone, welcome Ms. Shante Atkins to the I Love Being a Girl podcast. And we're so excited to have you on. So again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about involvement in church and ministry over the years? Um, well, I've been in church my whole life, uh, born and raised in a church, and just been, been involved in a lot of different capacities, worked in, um, you know, different um, areas of ministries, like basically all of them. <laughs> so children's ministry, teaching ministry. Yeah. Missions, evangelism, um, uh, foreign missions, yeah, um, just everything, everything that you could probably think of, I've probably done. Um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, I just I just I, I look at it as just you know being a, a normal Christian, mm-hmm, <laughs> a mm-hmm. normal Christian, and I just think that there are certain things that the Bible specifically states that we are to do when we are believers in Christ Jesus. So I, yeah. I, I look at it more so you know, like that. Yeah. So you were that, that child that grew up in church and, you know, I, I, I was in church as a teenager mm-hmm. and being in church that long, I pre- I pretty much did everything in church. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you saw a void, you were like, yep, I can do that. So you're mm-hmm. that, you're that Christian that know how to do pr- pretty much everything in church. Yeah. And if you didn't want to do it, they was going to make you do it anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was the one who didn't want to do it. <laughs> And you did it. I I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, now, but now you're like in a a totally different environment, a totally different place of ministry with, with singing and ministering. Did you see yourself like being on a platform where people would be able to buy your music and have you in, um, as their special guests and all this other wonderful things that you're doing? Um, not as singing as preaching. Yeah. But because um, I started like speaking at church and preaching before. Well, actually, no, I started singing, but singing wasn't like my thing. Like I didn't, you know, some people, they're like, oh, I always wanted to sing. I always did this. Mm. For me, it wasn't that. It was just kind of like um, just something that I did because I had to. 
Um, yeah. Not because I wanted to. So, you know, you have to sing in the church choir and all of that. But as far as, like, seeing myself, like, as a singer, nah. I, I didn't know. Right. At all. I, um, I just kind of, you know, did it and I got into background singing and I was able to make money while I was in college. So that was cool. Um, but as far as just, uh, you know, seeing myself, like, as just, you know, a singer, nah. More so yeah. preaching than anything Mm, okay okay yeah Yeah. so and and that is what's leading me to this song so i'm i'm going through instagram and i hear this clip like bomb clip i'm like oh my gosh like the hook the 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 voices like who is this singing just you know how you strolling and you Uh hear a video going it is your song god sees you yeah and i was just like this is so bomb and i wasn't personally dealing with like suicidal thoughts but I low-key sometimes as women we kind of low-key sometimes feel like a little depressed a little sad mm-hmm. life happens and I thought oh my gosh I love this song and I immediately start like texting my family my friends people who are on my prayer list who I know is struggling I'm like go mm-hmm. get this song it is gonna minister to you so awesome. the song is amazing thank you thank what you. What was the inspiration behind that particular song? Well, it didn't start off as a song. It um, it it really started off as me just kind of getting my thoughts out and writing them down. Um, uh-huh. and then I started singing this melody. Um, because the song was actually going supposed to be called Internal Bleeder, but my sister was like, um, she said that may be a little heavy. Like you know, like yeah. we wanna. So I had yeah. to try to find another line in the song um and so i was like i you know this was gonna be called internal bleeder but and that's that's even after it became a song but prior to that like i just kept singing this one the one little part of the song that says um you're like an internal bleeder can't yeah. see your pain but it can silently kill you and i just yeah. kept singing that over and over again like hmm, i wonder what this is gonna be and i was just singing that and so um it just kind of came together piece by piece and then yeah. I was like, okay, like, I have all this other stuff that I wrote down. Let me see if I could, you know, like, I guess sing it in the melody or if it's spoken word. I don't know. So I just mm-hmm. went to uh, my friend's um, house and just kind of laid it out, just uh, and freestyled a lot of it. And mm-hmm. well, I was just like, I'm just doing acapella. Like, I don't want to add all this stuff to it, you know? Wow. So yeah, it came together like that. Um, and it, it, was a, it was a process because... Like I said, I didn't go into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be a song. Like, I just had that little clip that I was singing, you know, over and over Mm -hmm. again. And so it just kind of came together. And so I had that and I would like give it to people who I knew was battling depression and suicide. I'd be like, oh, just email them that clip, you know. And so Mm -hmm. then I was like, I need to make it into a song because it wasn't like organized that way. It was just like it was just a long like uh, like a long like period of time where I was just kind of singing, 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 singing. It was no structure, yeah. so then I was like, "I'm put structure to it," um, and then it became a song. And then um, um, uh, God gave me uh, to do a video, um, and then I said, "When am I going to release the song?" He told me when to release the song. Um, he told me what the song would be, and with all of my music, I pray in the spirit um, underneath my um, my music because you know, I, yeah, I'm a, just as a as a watchman, yeah, which yeah. usually calls call intercessors. As a watchman, you have to, you know, warn people of impending danger and you have to, you know, uh, basically just sound the alarm about things that are happening. And this 
the suicide and depression stuff, it wasn't like something that I just decided to talk about because a celebrity died. Um, it was something yeah. that I had been trying to raise awareness about for about five years, five, six years, wow. um, mm-hmm. you know, just within the church, but nobody would talk about it. Nobody would talk about yeah. it. Um, and then I dealt with it myself, mm-hmm. you know, okay. and so um, this this song came to me because of the experiences of others. I have been meeting people and just talk, walking people through, you know, just freedom from suicide and depression since I was like 19. Um, okay. Actually, since I was like 17, because it started when I was in college. Okay. And um, so I had all these experiences with all these different people who battled this, um, all types of mental illnesses. And then I, you know, I went through it myself. And so this song came to be because of that. And the Lord told me when to release it, which was March 16th. And that's what I did. And it, I'm, I'm sure many have been blessed just through your personal testimony mm-hmm. and then through your, through you ministering through the song. And I know that the release date was actually prior to the summer when several, several mm-hmm. prominent celebrities had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So it was like before everyone else was, you know, posting and, and, asking people to you know reach out to people and get help mm-hmm. you had already released that song so that shows that you heard you heard from the lord yeah and i and actually that- had had the song even prior to that that was just the release date that he gave me because mm-hmm. i feel like if i would have released it the year before you know it wouldn't have had the much of an effect but because it was right before people yeah. were like oh my god you know what i mean so it causes mm. people to pay attention. And the thing with raising awareness about things like this is that people normally don't pay attention until there's a tragedy. You exactly. can be talking about issues till you blew in the face. But until yeah. there's a tragedy, people don't pay attention. And that's what I learned. So, yeah. you know, I know that God gave me this song because it was able to really communicate what I had been already communicating in other ways and in song format. You know what I mean? People will listen more. So I'm just grateful that yeah. he gave it to me and told yeah. me to release it at the time that he did. Now, depression and suicide in church is, it can be kind of taboo. It's something that's not, I know for sure, me being in ministry, it's not something that is discussed over the pulpit quite often, not even some, not even in Bible studies at times. What do you think is the reasoning that the church sometimes shy away from an issue that actually affects everybody? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I, it's actually more of an issue within the black church. When you mm. go into these other communities, because um, it's, it's, it's not just a depression, suicide issue. It's just mental health in general, counseling, therapy, all of those things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were taught to kind of just cover, you know what I mean, up yeah. what they're going through. And I think that people didn't even know how to identify depression as depression. So exactly. me, I believe that it has more to do with like just ignorance. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. don't know that people are going through this or they don't know what that is. When they're, you know what I mean, contemplating, you know, life and death. Like, for example, Job was, you know, suicidal. But people don't mm. call it that. You understand what yeah. I mean? They don't I They don't look at the stories in the Bible and see, like, they were going through the same things because we like to have this, you know what I mean, uh, uh, you know what I mean, like this uh, elevated or, um, and that's not the word I'm looking for, but I'll just use that, this elevated or uh, uh, um, perspective of certain people where they're not human and they don't go through regular things. Like every single character in the Bible was a human. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Including mm-hmm. Jesus. So they felt the same things that we're feeling now, but we didn't have the language. You know what I mean? Yeah. For it. Yeah. So I think now that we have the language for it, we have to educate mm-hmm. people more so that they're sure. more informed and they realize, oh, this is that. And then you can assess and you can diagnose and you know exactly what you're dealing with. And when you exactly. know what you're dealing with, then you can provide 
the proper antidote for what you're dealing with. But if you can't, if you can't identify what it is, then you can't. And so I think it's been more of that type of thing. Like people just don't know. They didn't Mm -hmm. know. You know what I'm saying? They just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know just with mental illness, I know people just shy away. Like, no, you, like you can't be mentally ill, but Mm -hmm. life, you know, tragedies, Mm -hmm. things happen and you just Mm -hmm. get into a a different mindset. And I know Mm -hmm that people just look at it as just something negative. Like if you are mentally ill, then you're either you're a bad person, you're not good enough, or you just, just something's wrong with you. Something's and, and again, wrong with you. And again, it's just ignorance. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like people show what they don't understand. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. um, I don't even think that everyone, people who say that, I don't think that they're intentionally trying to be harmful. But again, ignorance is bliss. And when you're ignorant to certain things and you have no understanding, and you have no knowledge base for these things, then you're not going to know. And you're just going to brush it off or you're just going to say what other people have said. So that's why it's important for people to be educated, um, yeah. um, you know, just in regards to just mental health in general. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. I am a firm believer that just as people in the Bible, like I mentioned before, had the battled these issues and they overcame I believe that through the power of Christ and through counseling, because the Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is great safety. safety. Um, I believe that it is possible to overcome and to be healed and, um, you know, delivered and and things like that from these things. Because when you look at mental illness, it's a disease like any other disease, right? So any other disease like cancer or AIDS or, you know what I'm saying? Diabetes or high blood Mm -hmm. pressure. I will say this. Um, when you, when you're dealing with mental illness, that's usually something that comes with a diagnosis, right? Um, you have to go to either a therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist and that diagnose you before you get to that point where you're having to go through a diagnosis. Um, I would say do some research on the things that you're going through, have somebody that you can talk to, find somebody that you can talk to. And I know that, and that may be somebody online. It may be, you know what I mean, somebody you you just met. Like, you have to share what's going on. You can call it the suicide hotline. You have to be able to talk to somebody about what's going on. And sure. the most important thing is to identify what's going on. Because mm-hmm. with with mental health, just in general, it may not be something that you have to get diagnosed. Or it may be something that may be situational. Um, yeah. And I'll just use this as an example. When I was going through... Um, and I went to, I actually went to the mental health hospital and I spoke to, you know, therapists and different things like that. They told mm-hmm. me what I was dealing with was, was situational depression, meaning certain situations caused the depression. It wasn't just that I just was a depressed person in general, but certain situations. So I had to figure out what that situation was. A big part of that, what that situation was, was the death of my father. So sometimes we may not have a mental illness. We may just be grieving and we don't know how to cope. Or we don't know how to mm. overcome. So I think the one of the most important things is to assess and evaluate so that that you can understand what's going on with you. Because mm-hmm. even within the mental health field, and I, don't get me wrong, I love you know mental health professionals and all of that. But sometimes with diagnosis, they can get it wrong. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So it's important for you to know what's going on with you. Write down these things that are happening, release it in some way. A lot of times people are so conditioned to hold things, to hold on, hold it in. Don't hold in, cry, let it out. You don't have to be strong. It's okay to be weak. It's actually stronger to show that you have weakness because trying to cover it up, you know, is, is not healthy. It is not safe. 
and that That's stress good. that comes with it is not okay and I think that you know we live in such a society where you know they have this strong I'm a strong black woman I'm a strong black woman Here's mm-hmm. the thing, a strong black woman knows how to be weak that's so good. You have yeah. to know how to be weak. You have to know that it is okay to be weak. You have to know that it is okay to be vulnerable. You have to know that it is okay to share things. You don't always have to have it all together. Who says yeah. you have to have it all together? Like, where did that come from? Where did that ideology, that perspective, where did those things come from? And once sure. you figure those things out, you'll see that it is okay for you to be honest about what you're going through. Why do mm. people feel so ashamed? Why are you ashamed to share what you're going through? Why are you ashamed to say that I don't have it together? Why are you ashamed to say I'm a hurting? There's nothing wrong with that. And so I think that when people really, you know, break through that barrier of knowing that it is okay to be weak, it is okay Mm -hmm. to have things going on. It is okay to, to, you know, to be going through hardships in life and not be okay. It's okay to take some time off, off for work. It's okay. If you need to, you know, have somebody watch your kids just so that you can have some sense. It's okay for you to do those things, to go get a massage, to go take care of yourself to go mm-hmm. do these things, to just sit and mm-hmm. talk to people. And I think yeah. that people have to be in tune with what's going on with them and not what's going on with everybody else and not yep. what will everybody else think. So those are some barriers that the individual has to overcome even before we get to, like I said, the diagnosis. You need to know what's going on with you and you need to know that it is okay if you're going through. It is okay if you're weak. It is okay if you're hurting. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to you know, there. I was... I'm sorry, go ahead. I wasn't, it wasn't until, um, in my thirties that I had a, I went through a transition mm-hmm. and it affected me more than I thought. I mean, I, my mood swings had changed and certain things were going on. And I know that my family, we just, we don't deal with depression, but I had a situation where it got me yeah. and it wasn't until I was 30 some years old. And I was like, yeah, I need to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, it's not something that has to be broadcast. I didn't broadcast it, mm-hmm. but I knew that it was time for me to sit down with someone to help me process my thoughts, Yeah, to help me process the situation that I was going through. Because transition, I mean, it's not easy for people when yeah. you, life happens. So I'm, I'm completely with you. If you have to sit down and talk to a therapist, sit down. You pick up, um, we were just sharing about how you went to see a therapist. Um, did your family yes. encourage, did you, did your family, did you have support, like a support system or a community? Oh. Um, so my family wasn't involved in that process with me. Um, that is something, so I worked in the mental health field. So that's why I was so, uh, open to it. So I had already, I had friends who were therapists and counselors. So I was always able to talk to therapists. It wasn't like a, I think that the, the, the stick, a part of the stigma is that, oh, something is wrong. Let me go talk to a therapist. Oh, I'm having this problem. Let me go talk to a therapist. Mm. For me, therapy and counseling is something that everybody needs in general, especially black people because of the long-term effects of slavery and because of the long-term effects of just racism in this country so that so so i believe that it is something that everybody should do you don't have to have any you know major traumatic situation for you to go i just think that people should go in general yeah Um, and so if people have that mindset like just like you go to the doctor um Mm. the medical doctor you need to go to you know what i mean speak to a counselor or speak to a therapist or or speak to a psychologist or a psychiatrist I think that's just what every individual, every human being should do because, and especially within the black community, because there's so many traumas and so many different things that we are not identifying as trauma that we are not identifying as dysfunction. So I believe that just, just at minimum, every single person 
should seek a counselor and just see a therapist or, you know, and whether, and that could be ministerial counseling, mm. you know, but you got to just make sure that they're credible and they're safe and all of that. Um, and I would just say, I, I would, I would say go to people who are professionally trained. Um, there are people who have the gift of counsel. Now, my father, uh, had the gift of counsel. Um, mm. he did have some schooling, but he literally had the gift of counsel and God gives people the gift of counsel. Sure. So people think, Oh, I have to go through this situation or I won't understand. No, if God gifts you with that yes. gift of counsel and yes. wisdom, you will be able to sit. And then if you are a deliverer, you are sent to be a deliverer, mm-hmm. uh, to operate in the area of deliverance, you will be able to do what psychologists and and what counselors and therapists actually do. But it will be from a more biblical standpoint. Oh, and awesome. so, and I, and like I said, I've, I've talked to therapists and counselors like, you know, since I was probably 21 years old when I started working um, in the mental health field. Um, mm-hmm. And that is when I worked at a place where I, I um, uh, serviced uh, clients who were um, who had substance abuse and they were mentally ill. So they had okay. dual diagnosis. And um, like I said, I worked with therapists. And so I, these were the people who were, you know, I was around. So yeah. I, I, I was in a culture um, of, of just, you know what I mean? Mental health awareness in general. My family was not because they did not work in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. I was the only one who worked in that mental health piece. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I was exposed to it early on. And then, I like I said, I had been, you know, just kind of ministering to people who had these things. So it was something that was just very normal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I went through what I was going through, um, I sought out help because that's just something that I did as an individual. So yeah. I didn't have to go to, you know, family. I had my friend who was with me um, and I had more people saying, no, just go, you know, just pray, just do that. And like, you know, I believe. Yeah. In prayer, okay. Yeah. I believe in prayer. Mm-hmm. I believe in deliverance. Um, but there are some things that your soul needs uh, uh, to when you're so there's some things where your soul needs to be healed. When yeah. your soul needs to be healed and your soul needs to be um, repaired and restored. Those are things that you have to actually sit and be taught. And you talked about why isn't it addressed over the pulpit. I will say this. There are some things that can't be addressed over the pulpit. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, within the church setting, I think there's this expectation um, of pastors or the leader to address all of these things uh, because we forget that there's a body of Christ. And that he's the vine, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. So with the vine and the branches, there are different branches that are connected to the same vine. Those branches represent different areas of ministry um, Mm -hmm. that function, you know what I mean, up under the same umbrella of Jesus Christ, right? And Mm -hmm. so when you have that, you have to go to people who God has called out, who he has gifted specifically to deal with those things. So I think that we need to just, um, as a people, let go of that expectation of the pastor to address it because they're not. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that isn't their job. And, and, and it's not to try to, um, you know, uh, invalidate how anybody feels or what they feel like they should get. But it, it, is, it is not the job of a pastor to do that. It is the job of a counselor. That's it is good. the job of a therapist. It is the job of that. You know what I mean? It, those people are equipped to handle that. They're equipped not only naturally with the skill and, you know, the schooling, but they are also 
spiritually equipped. So that expectation, we need to just remove that from our mind. It's not going to be addressed in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's not supposed to because the pulpit was designed to proclaim the word of God. Now we deal with issues, but these type of issues cannot be dealt with in the pulpit. Mm. They have to be dealt with, with counseling because you have to deal with people one-on-one. There's not, you, you can have a general statement or you can deal with these things generally, but when it comes to dealing with the things that people are going through, those things should not be addressed over the pulpit. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, that can be embarrassing for people. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That's so, it's good perspective. Yeah. And I, I just think that we have to know um, who we need to go to within the body of Christ so that we're not putting all this pressure on people who cannot help us mm-hmm. because they're not designed to do that. I see. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Yeah. I totally understand. I actually um, was in a revival this summer and I remember a pastor sharing. Um, she was very open, very transparent. She said, I have some members that are struggling with, with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And she said, I, every day after service, I asked them, did you go see your therapist last week? Mm-hmm. And I, now I see what she was hinting at. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that was, that I, I don't deal with that. Yeah. I will talk to them and preach to them, but I know who to point them in the direction of. So Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we have to be willing to, open ourselves up to these other, like I said, branches within the same ministry. We are all in the ministry of reconciling people back to Christ. Christ Mm -hmm. the healer, Christ the deliverer, Christ the comforter. You understand what I'm saying? Christ the grief specialist, Christ the psychiatrist, Christ Christ (laughs) is all of these things. And he has all of these different people, but we have to be able to point people in the right direction. And a lot of what I did in my work was providing resources to people. So just kind of like a resource specialist and being able to point people in the right direction. And I think that we as a body of Christ have to learn how to delegate. You have to delegate. You have That's to know who to send people to. Just like if you go to a hospital, you have a surgeon, you right? You have a pediatrician, you have an obstetrician, you have all of these different types of doctors, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't mm-hmm. send you don't send a pregnant woman to a pediatrician. You send exactly. a child to a pediatrician, right? And so we need to know for one, like I said, the individual needs to know kind of have some idea of what's going on. So they know even who to go to or talk to somebody who can direct them in the right way because they're going to have this expectation that, um, you know, is not going to be met on these people who can't, who can't even meet it because that's not what they were designed to do. That's not what they were trained to do. That's not what they're skilled to do. That's not what they were gifted to do. So we have yeah. to know who to go to. And again, that deals with that whole issue of, you know, just ignorance. We have to be able to educate people. We have to be able to educate people on what the mental health field is how mm-hmm. the body of Christ has mental health professionals. Yeah. They yeah. do. And this yeah, is why I do. think it's so important for people, you know, go to school, get the training, you know what I mean? Natural training and spiritual training that you need so that we can be more effective. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? In this area. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so much, it is so much help out there. I mean, just going online, you, there's so many Christian therapists. Yes. There's so, so, so much support. And thank you for encouraging because after we cry and we mm-hmm. go to church and we worship, it mm-hmm. is okay to make an appointment yes. to actually sit down and talk to someone. Because some stuff that people have that we're carrying, I'm not going to say people because it's all of us, it's yes. past hurt. Yes. Things from childhood that yes. you as an adult, especially women. I always say a broken girl will grow up to be a broken woman. Mm-hmm. So if that means that broken woman has to go and talk about those childhood issues, sit down and talk to someone. And I think everybody should. 
every yeah. single person. And it is not something that you do just because some traumatic situation has ha- happened. Now, if that traumatic situation wakes you up to the reality that you need to go, that's mm. great. But just in general, go. Just because go. then that's you good. remove the stigma. You look at it as the same way you would a medical doctor. I have to go get a checkup for my physical body. I have to go get a checkup for my mind. I have to go that's get it. a checkup for my soul. I have to, you have to do those things. And, and I'll say this church, a church service was not designed to do everything. Nah, and and, and so here. people, people have these expectations on a church service. And again, like I said, it's these unrealistic expectations that we place on church. The Bible, mm. honestly, church as we know it now is not what it was in the times of Jesus, right? There, it yeah. was not like a, a whole, you know, performance showcase of talent Absolutely. and all of these things the way that it is now. So because of just the way the church is designed even now and because of the way churches are ran now, you can't even expect to be helped in that regard because it's just mm-hmm. not that way. And sure. church or the, or the, it's really fellowship. We call it church, but the body of Christ is the church, meaning the people. The, the place that we go to is actually like the temple or the way that we fellowship. Right. And people put a lot of emphasis on going to church, but it's literally just the fellowship. So the fellowship mm-hmm. could be you at your, your home and you, you know, I mean, with a couple of people and you guys are going over scriptures or going over. It's the fellowship that we're supposed to get. It's mm-hmm. the fellowship that we're supposed to get with going. It's not supposed to be, I'm supposed to be healed from all of my problems and all of my things that comes from you going, you know what I mean? In the, with these, yeah. other, in these other areas and go these, going to these others, other people. So I would say, uh, lose the expectation that you have that church is supposed to be able to solve all of these things because the church is, means people. So do mm-hmm. people solve your, you understand what I'm saying? The church is yeah. it just literally means people. So yeah. Make sure you have to go to the right. You have to make sure you're going to the right people, to the right people. And mm-hmm. they're out there. Yes, they yeah. are. Yes, they are. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. You're I so absolutely welcome. love your perspective on this topic and you have experience in it. Absolutely. So that's just, even better the the spiritual side and the natural side so thank you so much you're very welcome you're very especially welcome. as we go into the holiday and we know suicide rates are at the highest so mm-hmm. and someone and, needed to hear this yeah and and the thing is even with the with the suicide rates actually suicide rates are highest in summer and spring oh yeah Wow, we've I've been given false information but it, so, no, I, not I the holiday the same thing um, really? Yeah, because people assume that everyone's happy in the summer and spring. And oh, because, yeah. yeah, people assume, oh, because of the weather, you know, things are happy. But the thing is, during the winter time and during the holidays, that is the time where at least people are going to see their families. Now, it is harder for people who don't have families. Like when okay. I work in facilities and things like that, where with, with kids who didn't have parents, that was hard. So there's more isolate people who are who feel isolated if they don't have family. But suicide mm-hmm. rates, according to the uh, Center for Disease Control, are highest in the summer and in the spring. That is new information for me. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow. But suicide is happening every day, so it's something that every, we talk about every day, every season, yeah. every you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I absolutely just I think I really do thank God for you being a woman that's in ministry that is tackling issues and you bring awareness to several things. So thank yeah. you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Good to be here. Now, as we close, I ask our guests the same question each time. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast is to encourage women and to help women involve and to embrace women wherever they are in life. 
and to help women be comfortable with who they are yeah. and how they're evolving. Um, so what are three things that you love about being a girl? All right. The first two things are going to be superficial. Okay. <laughs> I love wearing lip gloss and putting on lashes. Okay. So that's like my new thing. So I like being able to wear lipstick and lip gloss and look cute. Okay. I enjoy right. that. I really do. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I do. Um, yeah. I think um, the ability to be able to birth a child, even though I don't have children, oh. I think yeah. that that's good. Like I have the ability to have, you know, like a Reproduce. life growing inside of me. Like, oh my God, yeah. you know? So I think that that's um, a great part about being a woman. Like nobody else can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's yeah. have. so being able to produce life, I think that that's awesome Beautiful. as well. Um, and yeah, just like, and this is going to be another, another superficial thing. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Like, I like the fact that like, I can like pick out like really cute bras and stuff like that. And <laughs> I love emotions. it. I, you know, like, I know people kind of probably wanted me to say something deep, but no, like I really, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's yeah. so fun. Like, it's so yeah. fun. Um, just you doing gonna... things like that. I'm sorry. Go uh... ahead. I was I was gonna say you you're gonna have to definitely come to the Middle East because I live here and yes. beauty and lashes is major. Yeah, like women are going out for coffee and they have a full face on and they're just talking and wow. everyone is just like we we don't play about this makeup over here. Like mm. beauty is number one, like wow. a salon on the block. So I get it. Wow, yeah, I, it, it's it's around the world. It's just women. We love being beautiful and it's okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, thank you for sharing those. Could you close us out in a word of prayer as we end this podcast? Sure. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you for just this opportunity to get um, our voice, Father God, out in the airwaves. I just pray for every person who's listening to this. And I ask that you would encourage their heart. I ask that you would bless their life. I ask, Lord, that you would empower them. I ask that you would allow them to know that they are great in you. I ask that you would just comfort them, Lord. You know exactly what they're dealing with and what they're going through and what they need to overcome. I pray that you would allow them to be able to learn how to celebrate themselves and love who you created them to be God I ask for your protection and your blood and I ask Father God Lord that you would keep them keep their families God keep them intact Lord help them to get rid of dysfunctional relationships Lord I pray that you would remove the stigma the shame any type of guilt or condemnation that they may feel if they have to you know go and speak to a counselor or therapist and I pray God that you would lead them and guide them to the people that they need that would help them to overcome and be exactly who you destined them to be and I ask all of these things and pray a blessing Lord even over this ministry um, in Jesus name amen amen thank you Ooh, now can we look forward to any upcoming projects from you well I have two songs out that I released this year God Sees You and then I have another song called Bow Down um, so I'm just going to work those two uh, two songs um, yeah. but I will be releasing a devotional entitled Tay's Words of Wisdom if you follow me on Instagram you can follow that hashtag Tay's Words of Wisdom and I have about five hundred or so of them um, and what I did was I took those and I created a devotional around it so the devotional will be coming and then I have my um, my music I have three singles out one is um, I Will Follow the next one is God Sees You which we talked about here and then the other single is Bow Down and you can find me on all social media outlets at It's Shante Atkins that's I-T-S S-H-A-N-T-A-A-T-K-I-N-S 
All right. Well, thank you. We have enjoyed you. Again, we love women that bring so much realness. No other word I can use on the I Love Being a Girl podcast, and you deliver that today. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. To all of our listeners, thank you for joining the I Love Being a Girl podcast. Catch us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Have a blessed day. Thank you all.